This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, it's just me and Matthew, Mr. Baker. See you and I. It is. It is indeed. We're doing a bit of a round robin at the moment, aren't we? Here we are, because it's been me and Niall. It's been you and Niall. Now it's me and you. (laughs) I mean, we we need to everyone needs to see the different dynamics that are going on there. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Yeah, no, it's weird, isn't it? We sort of seem to... Well, Nar's on holiday. That's why he can't be with us today. So he's uh, enjoying the Tenerife sunshine. Which I mean, he could he could have zoomed in if he really wanted to. It's a bit it's a bit neglectful, actually, of his responsibilities, isn't it? I was going to say that he's on holiday, sitting on a beach. What else is he going to do apart from sit and you know jump on Zoom and do a a property jam episode? Rude, actually. Do you know what though? I've just looked out the window and it's absolutely pissing it down. So yeah. Where where are you in the world right now? Well, I've just travelled from Rye. Sorry, Bristol to Rygate, and it was sunny in Bristol, and it's absolutely chucking it down in in Rygate. And I'm going to apologise to listeners right now because I'm in a hotel uh, lobby, um, and there is a bit of background noise, but it's quite cool background noise because it's a lady's 90th birthday party. Okay. Yeah, so she's living her best life. I don't know how rowdy they're going to get. I hope they get absolutely raucous, and I might even join in. But um, yeah. (laughs) So if you're wondering what the noise well, they're, is, they're, they're is getting shit-faced and you're sitting there going, actually, no, if they're a bunch of 90-year-olds, they'll be like, ooh, darling, you're rubbing your belly, you know. I know, I better stay away from this. They see I'm my pregnant belly, that's it, I'm, I'm a goner. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, what we're we talking about today, we thought we would talk about the time How... it takes to yeah. kind of get a deal across the line. Listen, when it doesn't quite go right, when things take longer than you expect, and actually I think there's this whole kind of fantasy that deals just get wrapped up end to end super quick nice and easy without any challenges and we wanted to share some case studies from our own experience and also anecdotally from others of like deals that have just gone on and on but still work because of that deferred gratification resilient approach that sometimes you just have to step up and bring in property so yeah where do you want to start Mr Baker? Well, to, to avoid repeating the same episode that Niall and I did last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which was how not to do a deal and how yeah. not to put a deal over the line. Uh, again, talking about how slow everything can be from a legal standpoint. Um, I think we were going to def- change the, the the perspective, really, to uh, because I think it came up because, because there's a deal that I'm doing at the moment. Well, I have been doing for almost five years. So was purchased in July 2018 and there may well be people listening to this who have heard me talk about it before the dreaded word stock bought um, and there's also there's probably people listening to this that have probably invested in Stockport at some point in the in the recent history and been paid back and some people that may even still be invested in Stockport but it has been probably the bane of my life Number one. Number two, the biggest lesson of my property investing adventure career to date. And actually something which has turned out 
really, really well because I'm going to get a decent profit out of it and have had profit from it for the last three years, two and a half years, three years um, in terms of uh, monthly income. But it has taken five years, um, but it is being sold now. So we have agreed a sale on this property to uh, which is going to keep the money flowing. So we've got investors who are going to get repaid, uh, hopefully reinvest. And uh, I've got a nice healthy profit, which is going to come to me, my wife. We've got some offers agreed on some uh, some stuff for our family portfolio. And uh, and uh, it's and probably, probably going to buy some Lego. <laughs> so you're going to do some mini construction as opposed to big construction? I am. I am, yes. Plastic. But it, it, about yeah, plastic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Looking out for the environment. <laughs> exactly. Well, forget that bit. The carbon footprint's not going to come into this conversation. I don't. And Lego lasts forever anyway. So uh, there you go. It's an investment. the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. But yeah, I think we thought we wanted to talk about this and the fact that a lot of people, as you say, think deals are rosy. They come in at one end and uh, everything happens and and everything gets done on time and. The moral of the story is everything takes longer than you think. And as much as we can mitigate for extensions of time on build, extensions of time in raising finance, extensions of time in refinancing, extensions of time in, in selling, if you have and any unforeseen issues in the meantime, like a pandemic or uh, you know, part of your team going into liquidation, you know, all of these things that are happening along the way and then when it all happens on one project then you're just a little bit fucked yeah that's the problem isn't it and you could get that compound effect of a whole bunch of stuff going wrong at the same time which just delays everything but do you know what i find your stockport one so interesting and i know exactly what you mean because i could write you know i could write in a book just i was gonna to say because it's like if I think back, so you and I met in what, 2016, I think it was. And if you think two years after that, Stockport, you got Stockport over the line. And I just, it's been this ongoing narrative in the background of the challenges and the hoops you've had to jump through in order. Oh, and this has just happened, by the way. <laughs> and mostly around planning, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and, but the learning that you've had from that like you say have been enormous but I think the other thing I think Stockport was a real turning point for you as an investor because I think it was the bravest thing that you'd ever done at the time it was the biggest thing you'd ever done at the time because it's 22 bedrooms right am I right uh, 20 now we've actually created 20. more more, yeah. uh, more space inside right yeah I mean that was well that was one of the battles wasn't it um it was mm -hmm. just yeah the rooms um and I just remember thinking at the time like holy shit man like you had a lot of stuff going on in your personal life at that time and you were kind of ramping up in property as a focus and it was such a big thing to do and if you look at where your life was then never mind your property journey but if you look at where your life was then and like where you find yourself now that is like a real marker in the sand of not just how you've grown as an investor and a developer, but also how you've grown as a person. You know, you've got two kids, you've married again, you've, you know, life has moved on so much in that five year period. And like, you've got your own training platform, you've got your own development business. You've got, it's like so much has freaking happened since Stockport, it was even born. It's like, it's such a nice. Not the town of Stockport, yeah. 
the, the, the Stockport deal? Well, I mean, you may as well have bought Stockport. Do you know what I mean? For the faff that you've had to go. I mean, Stockport's been great in many ways. <laughs> I'm actually looking at it right now as we're talking about it. I've got a big uh, canvas print of this um, this lump of a building uh, on my wall. Um, and, uh, and quite ironically, um, when it was put up on the wall, uh, the it was put up using tape. Uh, like a, a fixing tape and it was right above the heater and the tape just went and then the, the paints come off the wall with it so and we haven't touched back up again yet so i've got this picture of stockport and underneath it this whole flaky paint I was like, that sums everything up really there's it all really yeah just a flaky load of crap but i mean like i think the positive is it's for some reason this particular scheme just is a really nice marker of how you've grown uh, in in you know personally and professionally and um the fact that you're selling it what do you say six weeks away from probably getting it sold ish yeah by the end of summer so it should be a good end of summer um you know present to myself sweet so you know think about that like and that's the real closing of a chapter isn't it you know mm-hmm. and it's it's not yeah it's been five years of you know blood sweat and tears frustration learnings yep all of that but actually um you come out on top because like you say you're in profit it's not the most amazing profit in the world but it's certainly in profit um and it's actually quite a decent profit yeah but it's like it's not in deficit which is kind of like, <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, so walking walking away with my head held high yeah, yeah and for sure. profit well, I, I suppose if you put it in perspective of other projects it is a small profit it's probably a good you know 20% which, which is target it was 20% GDV so it's probably about 20% of GDV so which, uh, that's great you know nice. um and it's just it proves the point that sometimes that deferred gratification is it's just such a an important um mindset when it comes to property investing because it doesn't mean that you don't it doesn't mean you get stuck because it's not like other things haven't grown in the background. You've had other projects. You've had your personal mm-hmm. life develop. It's just that this particular project has been stagnant. Well, not stagnant, but it's not. It's taken a while to kind of get it to where it is now. And yeah, it's a big. It's it's a big. I think it's. I think it's really big. I think it's a big marker in your career. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that one's going to go, and as you say, it closes the chapter and uh, many more chapters uh as have uh, started so and that's what i think is very exciting about you know when when things do finally come to fruition and the thing is they do come to the end they do come to fruition there is always an end point um it's just how how long you take to get there and so we plan for it and you uh, do your best yeah, we, yeah we've done projects where everything has gone swimmingly before you know and we where you're in and out within nine months and your builders do everything spot on the banks are not slow this is pre-pandemic banks are not slow um the raising of the finance was easy it was just right people at the right time right place and uh and it gets uh, and and then yeah you get lumbered with a high interest rate because of a pandemic <laughs> and uh and um and, and then rents which have continuously gone up which has been lovely yeah, this is it. I mean, everything works out. And I, 
there is something about holding steady. In fact, you know, when I'm teaching, I often end up like referring to case studies of students, uh, of projects they did over COVID. And it's that same thing. You know, a lot of people didn't get the end vows they were looking for, or they did, but, you know, there were so many delays with finance um, that they actually ended up borrowing for longer periods of time, which ate into their profit. And all of these challenges or, you know, mortgage products got pulled over covid loan to values got dropped and it was just yeah it was a really strange time but you know what in all the case studies i referenced and there must be about six not one of them came out worse off they still had options to either you know sell or hold they still had profit um albeit at a slightly uh, lesser extent um and if you speak to any of them, they say the learnings far outweigh the losses. And I think that's the thing, is just your learnings will outweigh the losses because you can't always just have plain sailing, schedule, perfect, end-to-end, cradle-to-grave deals, right? It just doesn't, it's just not no. the way of the industry. So, yeah. No, and that's why you can't put all your eggs in one basket as well. So that's why when things are going to take longer than you think, um, you don't know which your projects are going to be on time on budget which ones are going to be over over time over budget which ones are going to be under under time and under budget um you do your best to hit your, your best case scenario in everyone but then you've got your worst case your best case and your most likely scenario and that's why you spread it across multiple projects so that you you just think things don't stagnate for too long yeah, this is it. And I actually think if I've hold my hands up, that's a mistake I've made, which is kind of the project I'd probably reference. And yeah, that I bought something last year and it's kind of just sat there empty for ages because of personal reasons, partly being a divorce. And if anyone who's gone through a divorce, you know that kind of any financial transaction just it's kind of in no man's land because until everything's signed on the dotted line, there's a risk to that asset that you could lose it in the divorce. And so that put up until January this year, that meant I couldn't do anything with it. You know, there was no point forcing again if I was just going to lose it. Um, so it just kind of sat there until everything was signed. And now everything's signed. I'm kind of, I don't know, I feel like I've lost, like I've lost my mojo a bit. I'm having to kind of like go back into it again with sort of new eyes. It just feels like it's, it's, but I, I think, because I've been I've had to put a natural hiatus on on buying I've put all my eggs in this one property basket and I'm I'm just like there's too much emphasis on it and you know so the ball they're like the wheels are turning on it now which is great um but it's like for a year nearly 18 months down the line and you know I've not had the benefit of having other deals on the go so I can sort of juggle all of these projects and care less about this one particular deal it just feels like it's got too much importance um so yeah it's uh it's finding your feet again and I think that's another reason why it's never just the market it's never just like financial circumstances lenders sometimes what can be the biggest hindrance in your life is personal crap that goes on that gets in the way and then you still have that problem of deferred gratification it's just that there are there's different obstacles to overcome right mm-hmm. um you know we talk about the human side of property it doesn't get more human than that when you've got like it could be a health concern or it could be yeah you're you've got family priorities or it could be that you know yeah you've got yeah a divorce 
divorce going through or your own health or family health or caring responsibilities that suddenly take you away from what you were doing. Um, and I just think it can knock your confidence, but it can also feel like you've created a mountain when actually it's just a molehill. And I can certainly speak to that personally. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you going to do with it? Yeah. So do you know what? The fastest route to cash is serviced. So anti-service accommodation though. <laughs> I don't want to, like I said, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before. It, the, the market is um, transitional builders who are kind of on short-term contracts on the Humber wind farms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's the fastest route to crash, quite honestly. It works as a single let, let at 16% return. Um with a bit of money parked in it I don't know uh what I'd like to do is assisted living and that's where my assistant Jolene shout out to Jolene absolute legend has been helping mm-hmm. me I'm speaking to care providers and the council and having all sorts of interesting conversations but yeah haven't quite landed on the right uh tenant type so yeah and all the while obviously you've got outgoings on the house so it's like mm, I think I'm at a point now where I just need to make a decision and just get it up and running and then if I need to change it later, I want to repurpose it, do that. I think that's where yep. I find myself now. So. I was going to say, if, you, if you're not turning it into an HMO or anything like that, then your refurb for your service and your supported living is going to be quite similar with a few tweaks. But um, yeah, it'd be all good in the hood. Yeah, and this is it. And I sort of think if I wasn't, if I was at a much earlier stage in my career, my investing career, there'd be a lot more worry and panic and you know, because you don't have the cash flow in the background supporting it. But now we're all feeling the squeeze a little bit more. I've refinanced nearly everything by one of my assets. And um, yeah, cash flow is tighter because interest is tighter. So you're like, well, the need to kind of get this up and running in cash flow is greater. So get on with it, you know. Um, and I think attaching to an outcome with a certain strategy can sometimes be detrimental when, you know, you can always come back to that later. Um, and that's certainly something I've fallen foul of these past few months is just trying to fixate on what I'd like to do with it, but probably not what I should do with it just to kind of get it, like I say, the fastest route to cash, which given the fact that I've got a baby due in like what, less than three months, I should probably be cracking. You should be, that, that, that needs to be well done. Mm. <laughs> by the time that your baby is well done. Yeah, by the time <laughs> the baby's cooked. <laughs> exactly, um, because you don't want to be thinking about that at all. Um, no. And you're probably not going to want to be thinking about it for a good month. Um, so you probably got about six weeks or so to get it done. Yeah. And you know what, the more I think about it, because I've got, I've got three schemes that I've got to, that I've got the potential to do over the next year. Um, and I want this one done first. And then the other two, I think I'll attack once I'm sort of out of the, the baby fog. Um, so I've got loads of stuff lined up. It's just, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, again because I've got you know I've got two plots of land, both of them with potential, but I've just mm-hmm. again it's been sitting there since some uh, one since twenty eighteen, one since twenty 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 one. Um, yeah, just again, it's just. I mean, I've not got you know, I've not got that much on my plate. Do you want me to come in and just deal with it? Could you? That'd be so nice. Do you want to be? Do you want to sort it out for me? But yeah, um, it's amazing. I think I. I think it's this deferred gratification thing you always know it's there and I think like I say if you're in the early stages of your investing journey the urgency is so much greater because you're the cash flow need is so much higher so um but where I find myself now the urgency's gone out of it a little bit 
Um, but the, the, the gratification is still going to be there. And this is what I love about properties. You can dip in and out of it depending on the market, depending on your life, depending on everything. Uh, so it's possible. It's just, um, yeah, it can be frustrating because you can. You, I think you, you can lose your property mojo very easily. Um, and that's certainly something that's happened when, um, you know. Yeah. You've got different priorities now, they. You know, and, yeah. and we just hope that your um that, that, that you, your, your your baby making doesn't go far too longer than you think it's supposed to <laughs> everything takes longer than it that it's supposed to you know babies have a bit of, pretty much a time frame to be in and out yeah but do you know what i love about being pregnant is that it forces a timeline because yeah, it forces it you to be organized it forces you you've, i know exactly you know the timeline i'm working through with this project um what your so, baby project well that and the and the and the refurb you know um you know getting the house up and running so I think that's what I think I like about it is actually a change of priorities forces you to focus um yeah. so the personal actually then informs the professional which is great um and uh, yeah it's given me urgency whereas I didn't have that before um but nonetheless like I say it works as a single dwelling it could work as flats it could work as a uh, service to accommodation it can work as supported living it's just which path do you take well urgency is going to drive that fastest route to cash so at the fastest route to, fastest route to cash should always be the uh you know the, the driving force there yeah definitely so um so will it be worth it when it's up and running yeah for sure but it's yes. been it's been a, a bit of a, a labor of it's not even been a labor of love it's been a labor of neglect honestly I've just I've just forgotten about it I honestly I was that lazy investor that bought something but ah yeah I'll get around to it I'll get around to it I got I got other shit going on um well that that might be a labor of neglect but don't neglect your labor ah very good Good. very good very good so yeah um but it's interesting isn't it I've got another actually uh, case study that's come up to my attention recently so a friend of mine he's a pretty big developer he's got stuff all over the country in Leeds and Birmingham particularly around the Midlands area and his partner's had cancer and um it's been I mean it's been life affecting in ways you know I've got three kids it's been huge for them and so had a scheme um and due to unforeseen circumstances which I won't bore listeners with he's ended up having to defer completion and this is a big scheme we're talking multi-million pound scheme and it's taken a huge amount of private investment to get it off of the ground anyway um the what's great is he he played so play the cancer card he played that sounds like it's sort of like a you know a gimmick but just sort of turned around and said look shit's going on in my personal life my partner's you know having to have a double mastectomy um and I've got three kids um can we just defer completion for six months the seller said absolutely fine but what they then asked for was a higher uh, deposit so they wanted more money down in order to secure that completion and so that's what he did and that meant scrabbling around sort of trying to find half a million pounds at the last minute managed to do it um and yeah uh, it's it's been it's been it's been great but you know when I was talking to him he just sort of said you know are you nervous that the market is going to change by that point are you nervous that you know the seller's going to get cold feet are you nervous this is before everything was signed in exchange and he was like 
yeah I am but it's still going to work it's still going to work um yes I'm going to have to service that borrowing in the interim but it's still going to work and because again he's at a later stage in his investment journey he knows that even if there is a bit of a loss with this one there's gain everywhere else so on balance you know it's just like it's that juggling act isn't it so yeah but you've got to be in it to win it you've got to be in it to win it and this is the thing he was like I've had to play a personal card on a really massive scheme and I never thought that they would play ball but they have because the market's so weird at the moment they would rather have a really safe buyer who takes longer to buy than somebody who's just you know not eligible for the finance or punching above their weight or you know just a no hope of a buyer so they're happy to wait as well so you you do never know um yeah it's a bit like your stockport deal you know the offer you've got you know you you're sort of saying that they're solid they're solid buyers and mm -hmm. you know they're you know rather secure it now with the market being the way it is um as i say a bird in the hand mm. so uh so yeah, I think it's coming down to that. You, you, I think that's the beauty. Well, one of the skills about selling is that not to wait for the the best, you know, the highest price because you might be waiting long. And if you're holding property, you're, you're out of pocket. You opportunity lost. Um, and if you've suddenly gone from a holding strategy to a, a trading strategy, you might remember the com the conversation we had with Safe. That's you know, right he just wants out as quickly as possible you know as, yeah. as soon as you've got it it's a hot potato you need to get you need to get rid of it and realize the, the profit and then just keep going yeah. it's like yeah literally juggling you're, you're trying to get it out um so that's the, the mindset now that um that you know, this opportunity has arisen was like, actually let's take a little bit less than i probably wanted you know we're talking like 25 30k less not a huge amount um than i would have jumped at and and just run with it because yeah. then that money's in the bank in six weeks and then we can go again yeah this is take it. some profit buy some lego go again yeah buy some lego <laughs> everyone's dream is to buy some lego i know that's that's my, my reward to myself um and and uh, and a couple of flats as well yeah and yeah and there's quite there's a few there's a few other bits and bobs that we're doing in the family that, that, that's uh, are benefiting for, from the back of this as well so um and then it does lead to other projects which are going to lead to more capital and more opportunity and it yes. then compounds yeah it does it does it, it, it is and yeah then you start I mean I'm sort of thinking about my personal situation now like me and my partner were talking about you know what we'd like to do in terms of our, our personal residence as well and kind of roll in some stuff that we've got from our portfolios into the acquisition of something for us you know just you know get something at auction he's a builder do the work you know bit of a living project or um oh, you... i wish i I, I, yeah, I wish i had a partner who was a builder yeah honestly you, you got it wrong you with lara man like lara is... <laughs> yeah she's picking up pounds she's probably better with the power tool than me yeah to be fair i was uh putting cray to the test with we were drilling a bed we we're building a bed the other day and i was like literally like <laughs> it's like you've got some skill there girl i'm like yes sir but um, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the dream is and just kind of keep flipping houses every couple of years just to kind yeah. of make some, you know, making use of our capital gains tax relief um, to just, yeah, keep going. Oh, that that wonderful relief, which is going to be non-existent. I know. Yeah, it's the thing. It's almost no point. 
I know. Well, given the timeline, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, oh, if anyone doesn't know, capital gains tax relief is going, has dropped down to £6,000 this year, and next year we're down to £3,000. So that that joyful capital allowance relief of 12500 that everybody had, um, which you know, I used to just say to people, you, everyone should be using it because it's tax-free money. But uh, no, no, they don't want that to happen. For some reason, they don't want properties to be developed um, anymore. So then just disincentivizing people yeah, that are helping the property market. Anyway. I guess the CGT relief I'm talking about is on the um, the sale of the P- of your PPR, you know, because you're not going to, yeah, you don't. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Of so course, it's your own home. That's yeah, your own home. So that, 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 well, hopefully that stays. Jesus, that, I think the whole world would die if that, if that one suddenly got whipped away. But, um, oh, my God. <laughs> no one would sell their house. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the whole property market would just like freeze. <laughs> Freeze! It's like Emmy. She's like freeze. That's my daughter. <laughs> freeze. Yeah. yeah, totally. That just that would just slow things everything down. So yeah, so that's the plan. Is like if it's your PPR, your principal private uh, private residence, then yeah, obviously you're you're exempt from any form of capital gains tax. So yeah, um, that's the plan. And I think you start you do you start to think about the bigger picture. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and yeah, I think parenthood definitely forces that it forces it massively it certainly has for me and i know it has for you as well because you're thinking about kind of buying and stuff aren't you so yeah, yeah no it, it, and you know that project that i did i started when i was in the midst of breaking up with my first wife if i had not if not broken up um and then it, after five years later it's now in a position to help me and my new family you know wife and two kids um to enable us to put things in place to enable us to um well my my goal at the moment is building a, a little portfolio to pay the school fees i think it's a great idea so um so we're, we're very looking robert about... kiyosaki of you it's very rich dad poor dad is to like you know buy assets to pay for your liabilities oh yeah education isn't a, a lot ability but yeah i get what you mean like yeah well it's yeah. it's the last well it doesn't have to be paid for but um in you know, where we are and um you know, what we want to do yeah that's uh, a great opportunity to yeah. um, get emmy a good into a good school <laughs> and poor freddie he's like oh no don't worry about him he'll be sticking in a comprehensive <laughs> depends where we're living but there's, yeah, there's nothing decent in the catchment we're in and oh, we're not, right. we've got a really great spot so yeah it is what it is but we're all good so i think on that note so we don't um spend <laughs> completely longer tangent. than we need to on you know on on this episode yeah, everything takes longer than you think yeah it doesn't have to so um yeah i think that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, bit, a bit of a wrap there unless you've got any more case studies up your sleeve i've got loads but to be fair say, the message the message is the same really isn't it it's like yes um you know property is a real kind of feast and famine kind of industry to be in and persistence and resilience are two of the skills I think that will ultimately see you through um you will get there even if it does take longer than you hoped or fantasy right yeah it'll be all right in the end if it's not all right it's not the end yeah um yeah I've said that before I really like that saying yeah but also having the one thing that saves the stockport thing is that the that it was a rental scheme so it was rented it didn't get the right planning at the, at the, the right at the beginning 
but I was able to rent it in other ways. So it still had income coming in. And then what I was able to do is just improve it over time. So, um, and then got to a point where now it's really maximized and that's where the value is in the sale. So um, it has been, it's just taken longer than I thought. Yeah. So on that note, (laughs) let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening today. Uh, This, uh, oh, we have to, uh, everybody who's listened to this has to pay attention because next week oh, yeah. is our 200th episode. Oh my God. How have we got there? That's incredible. Two... Yeah, it's 200 episodes. That means that we have released at least one episode every week for almost four years. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I'm proud of us, you know. That's, um Go, go me, go us. Go us. Yeah. yeah, no, it's been brilliant. We've got a lovely listenership now, and you know we're in. Well, we need to keep track of how many countries. We haven't checked for all we are, but you know, it's well, we're going to celebrate. Maybe we could do that. Stuff. We could do that in the next episode. Yeah. We can do a, a roundup of where we where we've been and where we're going. Oh yeah, we've got changes coming, people. But we're going to say no more about that. We're going to wait for Nile to come back. So yeah, we're going to be rejoined, reconnected. Maybe Nile's maybe Nile's not coming back. Oh, yeah. Should we just drop Nile? <laughs> done. Katura, done. <laughs> Poor Nile. He's been sacked. Um, yeah, no, we're going to be reunited as a three for the 200th episode. And we have, yeah, it's going to be a, a look back, but it's also going to very much be a look forward. So um, make sure you tune in for that. We can't wait. And uh, yeah, I think that's us for this week, isn't it? Brilliant. I'm very much looking forward to that. So for now, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And I'm off to a 90th birthday party. Get your simmer frame out. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at Property Jam Podcast at Outlook.com. See, See you on the next, next episode. episode.